Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. It's me, your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and today we're talking about, is it possible that you're trying too hard? Yeah? Are you over trying? It's a thing. I know. I know. That's a question that keeps coming up for me. As I think about, you know, a lot of my time behind the chair, I think about, did I try too hard? And it's something that it's only been in the last couple of years I've thought about. And it's it's one of those things where you, you know, you see someone and you can just see how hard they're trying, but they're pushing something forward. They want something to work. And I just relate to it because I feel, if I'm being really honest, that that's a lot of how I lived my life, wanting things, having expectations for how they turn out, the destination. My partnership would would would, would be forever at my first studio. And I remember feeling disappointed when it wasn't. My marriage would be a certain way and I was disappointed when it wasn't. And it's gotten me to this place of really, you know, in my career too, like I wanted this career and I got it, but I was still kind of disappointed with how I felt inside because I I didn't have anything else to show forth besides a very insane demand. So it's thought I've been thinking about, and I found this quote today and it says, perhaps it's time to stop and see that you're actually doing it. This living thing. You're putting one foot in front of the other and doing the best you can. That's all you need to do right now. Rebecca Ray. And then it goes on to say, let's go, let go of pushing, forcing, striving for the unattainable. Focused effort that's aligned with your values is one thing, but attempting to band-aid wounds in your sense of self-worth with overachievement, people-pleasing, and approval-seeking will constantly leave you feeling empty and disconnected from yourself. You are enough. Where you are, you are enough. Wow. That just about sums it up. So, yeah, that's what I was doing. And I think a lot of us do this. I even would go as far to say that our sweet souls get into this subconsciously even though we all love the art of it. And that's why I initially went to hair school. I think what it ended up being was an amazing Band-Aid for the wounds I had of self-worth. And so I covered it up with this overachievement, this people-pleasing and this approval-seeking that truly leaves you empty and disconnected from yourself. And I think that a lot of the people I've had on talk about ways that they ground themselves within the day, ways that they we, they make sure to check in with themselves and ways that they take to not lose themselves. But I think that a lot of the undertone of the vibe of what I have and what I'm doing is is so, so accurately described in this quote because it works for a long time. But I think that the overachievement is what I want to touch on because I feel like it's like that voice in your head saying like, 
You should be doing more. Look at that person over there. Like you should be grinding more. You should have, you should be able to do this, Lindsay. Like why, why, why are you tired? Well, because I don't take breaks, Pam. Learned that at Rachel Hollis's Business Rise. Um, but you know, it's like that voice in your head that's saying like, keep going. It, it's never going to say, just take a, take, drop off to the side of the road and take a quick break. And I think that what fuels all of this, the overachieving and the people pleasing and the approval seeking is this desire to feel whole, to feel like we're enough. And the crazy thing is, is it, it's, it's insatiable. It, It doesn't, these things don't actually fill it. So we end up in a hamster wheel and I know that that's what it was for me. And I think, you know, fitting with the holidays being here that we even just kind of thinking about 2020, like how do we show up? Like how do we take the steps to not like in those moments, just watch ourselves fly away from our bodies? Because, you know, there's a way to do this work and love it and not wake up in the middle of the night thinking about these people. So I really just feel very passionate about the fact that the thing you're outsourcing through achievement, the things you're outsourcing through the pleasing and the approval seeking is all within you. And like, it's, it's just, it's literally inside of you is, is where you're going to find that. And if you never slowed down enough to, to like, stop and literally smell the roses. That's not a figure of speech as it turns out. That's a real way to live. And like, I think for myself, I, I always want to learn and I'm reading books, but I can quickly think that someone else knows what's right for me and a huge coming back to myself and a huge finding myself again is realizing that like, no one knows it better than me because I'm supposed to know me better than anyone. And there were times in my life where I knew other people better than I knew me. And that was on me. Yeah, I know. It's like a hard pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, realizing that you're, you're the one you've been waiting for and that, you know, no online guru knows it better than you. And listen to me here. I'm the first person to try and hotwire this enlightenment thing. I want to talk to that person. Can I do you do private coaching? Can you talk to me? But like I've been doing less of that, less psychic readings, less all these things to just kind of do the work myself. And that involves journaling, taking the time to sit with myself, not need to pitch in. Everywhere I go, I don't know if anyone feels like this, but for a long time I'd say, well, I want to, I'm pulling my weight, I'm doing my part. And like just the getting to this place of being like, what if like not doing anything is enough? Like what if you showed up and you didn't like bring the mood down, but you didn't automatically think that in order for you to be there, you have to be like creating such immense value that like people are glad that you came. Like that is so exhausting. And 
I feel like just realizing that like having these things that, you know, for one person, you know, in, in one episode, it's like, I take my shoes off and I ground my feet in in the ground. It's like, well, that's Australia in Chicago in November. I, I can't ground myself in the snow, but I could do things that allow me to feel grounded. I can journal every morning. I can, you know, check my QuickBooks and just like put myself at ease. Like it's going to look different for everyone. I can listen to my man, Ed Milet. I can, I can do things that bring me peace. And like, I can read a few pages of a book before I go to sleep. I can, you know, like drink a cup of tea before I go to sleep. That's like one of my simple luxuries that I've started doing. I can drink less, like all these things, all these little, little quarter turns turn into feeling so different. And so I think that realizing that we've been forcing and pushing and, and that really that, you know, in Super Attraction by Gabrielle Bernstein, she talks about like you can be a pusher manifester. Like you get things done, but it's like the whole thing is just like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. And uh, that really it's in the letting go. And like I loved something Jim Carrey says. He says, tell the universe what you want, ask for it. Like ask the universe for it. But then you must let go of how it comes to pass. And I'll tell you what, I was being drugged behind that car for a long time. I'm like, I'm just going to stay here. This doesn't hurt. I'm just going to stay here and uh, just make sure we get where we're, we're supposed to go. And like, that is no way to live. And I think that in raising my standards for myself and how I show up, it's raised the standards with everyone. And in, in raising those standards... Those Brenda's of the world that you're you're overextending yourself behind the chair for, they go away. Yeah. And had I shown up for myself sooner, it would have gone away sooner. So I'm really into letting go of what you need to let go of and whatever remains is what remains because I held so tight for so long to things that did not work for me. And... I didn't even know they weren't working. And so that just is a lack of crazy amounts of self-awareness that now I, I'm i just so interested in my part in things. Like I'm not going to waste time on what, what's going on for you. I'm too busy figuring out how I got here, like market research, case study stuff, like how, what got me into this position that like I, I don't want to be in again. I'm not going to rag on myself. You know, I, I heard someone the other day, like, like when they do something wrong, they're like, what an idiot. And I'm like, now I'm just, you know, one of those people that's like, hey, whoa, 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 don't talk to yourself like that. Like that stuff matters. And I saw something that I, that, you know, I was at Rise Business and I'll definitely do an episode on what I learned at this business conference. But one thing that I really want people to hear because there's so much on the online space. There's so many people that can fix your life for you. Believe me, I know. I love something that Marie Ferrelio says. She says that everything is figureoutable, but the third rule in her book and in her theory of being able to figure anything out is number three, and I loved it. Sit with this for a second. Marie Ferrelio says, 
it's okay that you don't, like number three is it's okay that you don't want to figure it out or you don't care enough to figure out the thing you're trying to figure out because you might not have enough passion for it. It might not be your dream. It might not be something you have just this deep seated desire to figure out and that's okay. But go back and find the dream, find something you're passionate enough about that you're willing to do the work to figure out. And it was a huge epiphany moment for me because I can look back at my last studio and I can look back at at having team members. I can look back at having an assistant. I can look back at all that and go, I didn't care enough to figure it out. Holy shit. You're right. I mean, I, I cared. Like, you know, we all, no one, no one doesn't care, but like this idea that if it is your work to do, if it's your mission on this planet, that you would be able to figure out how to do it because you wouldn't stop. You wouldn't quit. You'd rest when you need to rest, but that mission would be so in your heart that, that you wouldn't be able to stop. And to me, I walked away just like, oh my gosh, because we can drive ourselves crazy going, I know, like maybe, maybe I will do that again. Like maybe I will do that again, or I'll try to have, you know, I'll, I'll try and grow Lin May again. That's what I'll do. I'll, cause I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, and it, I, I was good at, I mean, I was good at it. Like it wasn't, but like, whoa, whoa, whoa. None of that matters. Go back to step number three. Like be honest with yourself. Did you really, do you really care enough? Like think back to how you felt. Like I felt this amazing responsibility for other people and it wasn't amazing for me. It was like my ego liked it. Like I think I liked the idea of people going, oh my God, I go to Lin May too. And you know, I just, it, it was heavy for me to carry. And, and again, if the mission was that big, none of the stuff that goes along with it would matter. But for me, that wasn't what I was here to do. And it was just very liberating. So I, I would love for people, you know, with the idea of just like this overachievement, the people pleasing, the approval seeking, like if we were to stop and say, make a list of the things we're struggling with, and then next to those things, right? Like what's the mission that aligns with that? Because there probably is something beyond that, like, you know, like working outside of your schedule. Okay, next to that is like, I love being someone people can count on. Like that's kind of what that feeds, that mission of showing up. But then like being really honest with yourself, is that what, is that what you're here to do? Okay, next, this, this idea that I can't say no to, you know, obligations outside of work. Okay. So again, people pleasing, needing to make you feel good, compromising what's right for me. Is that why you're here? Is that, is that why you're here? No. Okay. Well, so like, you know, getting home from work and starting to write my book, you have a message inside of you. That's to me, the mission is like sharing that message. That might be what you're here to do, but like all those other things, are getting in the way of you showing up for your mission. And I think that a lot of us have something like, again, like a whisper. It's like a whisper of something that if you, if you were, you know, if you could dream big enough, if that's something, if, if you could do anything like you would do, but then like, whether we realize it or not, we self-sabotage ourselves and we do all those things I've talked about 
to band-aid the wounds of self-worth that we'd have to really tend to in order to chase those dreams. I just, it's like unbelievable. Like you're here to to get something done on this planet. You're here to to give to the world only what you can give to it. And then like we're doing Sherry's hair at 645. I don't know. I think it's kind of a bullshit move. I think you gotta I think you gotta woman up. I think you gotta I think you gotta do the work. I think you gotta figure out why why everyone else making you feel good is the source of all your self-worth. And when you do that and you sit in it, and you, like Glennon Doyle says, of of uh, warrior, whatever, love warrior, she says, like, it's like you have to sit in that, like she calls it hot loneliness, or you just sit in it and like, let it, let it teach you, let it be a professor. And like the smartest people in the world, they don't try and pass their pain like a hot potato, which we all know how to do very well. And some people are raising families that just teach you how to throw that potato before you can walk. But I think that having this idea that like, this is not a fast journey, but you've got the time because you've had the time to stay at 745 and do Barb's hair. So let's just like sit in it and let it teach us what it's here to teach us. And then it's going to move on like a traveling professor. But like, we're all trying to skip we're all trying to buy that online course. We're all trying to do that thing so we don't have to like sit with ourselves. And guess what? You're who you've you're all you've got. Like I saw this, this thing that said it's never up to you how long they love you. But it is up to you whether you love you or not. And if you love you, it will not break you. Nothing that happens in this world will break you. It'll it might break you open. But it's in, and it's a choice to let it break you down, but it's a choice not to get back up. And I think like as you're planning 2020, as you're looking at like your life for the next year, like dream up a good one because it's the only one you got. And, you know, one thing I heard from Brendan Burchard at Rise was if you've never done this where you make a year your healthiest year of your life, he said, make 2020 that year. And for me, 2019 has been a huge, just like melting pot of learning and knowledge and stretching myself and trying things and doing things that I was scared to do, but doing them anyway. And and going into 2020, like, why don't you do that too? Because no one's going to do it for you. And like, I, I would love like nothing more than if like over the next year, I got messages from people that said, Hey, I listened to your podcast and I started, started writing the book I want to write, or I started to like be able to be at my kids soccer games because I want to be healthy and I wasn't healthy. And because of that, I, I kind of just overworked, not because I had to, but because I didn't want to have to sit with myself. Like if people took this and like had their lives be different. Like I know, I know that I'm not just here to be behind the chair. And if you are, that's amazing. Have that dream schedule, stick to it and go home and like get a Christmas tree. If, if you have another passion on your heart, like if you don't make those changes, you're never going to make the thing that helps the people. So I leave you with 
Make 2020 your year. And don't apologize for wanting things and for changing and growing because if you're not, you're not doing it right. So cut, cut the bullshit. Stop, stop band-aiding the work that you have to do. I love you all. Goodbye. I'm fired up.